Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to The Pastor's Study. Well, we're nearing Christmas, and if you saw our program two weeks ago, we talked about the angel of Christmas, and last week we talked about the shepherds of Christmas. Today we're going to talk about the wise men of Christmas. Let us learn today from the wise men, but first let's clear up some misconceptions. We sing, we three kings of Orient are. Well, it doesn't say there were three kings. It says they offered three gifts, so people assume three kings, but it could have been 20 wise men offering three gifts. <laughs> we three kings, well, they weren't kings. They were part of a priestly caste, which had influence with kings. These, this is, these people are not from Jerusalem, not from Israel. They were from uh, modern-day modern Iran, so they weren't from the Orient. We think of Japan and China. They weren't from there. They were from Persia back then, which is modern-day Iran. And we three kings, they weren't kings. They were part of a priestly caste. They were into astrology, dream interpretation, and the occult. So. Those are some mistakes. Another mistake people make about Christmas, the, the wise men were not at the manger scene. If you read Matthew chapter 2, by the time they come to Jesus, it says that Jesus is in the house. And the wise men came to Jesus up to two years old, because if you remember, King Herod, Herod tries to kill the babies two years and under, so maybe Jesus was two years old by that time. And, and one last mistake. We think Jesus was born 1 A.D., Anno Domini, year of our Lord. A.D. doesn't mean after death. It means 1 A.D. So at 1 A.D., Jesus would be one year old. That's off. The reason it's off is in the 500s, a monk by the name of Dionysius Exicus made a calendar error. And we know Jesus was alive during King Herod's reign because Herod tried to kill him. Herod died 4 BC. And if Jesus was born up to two years prior to that, somewhere between 6 and 4 BC is when Jesus was born. So our calendar is off. So there you go, the mistakes of Christmas. But let's get into the Bible. Would you take out your Bible? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 2, and let's learn all that we can from the wise men. Let's pray. Father, we pray now that your Holy Spirit would open the book to us, open our hearts, open my mouth, and God the Holy Spirit, come and speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 2, starting at verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Here's the first lesson I want you to get today. Jesus is for everyone. 
These are not Jews that are coming to f seek Jesus. They were from Persia. And yes, Jesus came to the Jews first to fulfill the Jewish Old Testament prophecies, but when he comes, he's for everybody. So please follow this. This is called the timeline of salvation history. Follow this. In the Old Testament, God is the God of the Jews. The Jews are his chosen people. And then in the New Testament, God sends Jesus, a Jew, to save the Jews. But most of the Jews reject him. And after the Jewish apostles go out to preach the gospel, some Jews accept Christ, but a lot more Gentiles accept Christ. And then the apostle, the Jewish apostle Paul says, before the second coming, this is in Romans 9, 10, and 11, before the second coming, there will be a conversion of many Jews to Christ, and we're waiting for that day. So that is salvation history, as they call it. Um, but the point is, Jesus is not just the Savior for the Jews. Jesus is the Savior for everybody, which is why we reject this notion that Buddha is good for Buddhists, and Krishna is good for Hindus, and Muhammad's good for... No, no, no. There's only one Savior who can save you, and that's Jesus. Verse 2, the wise men came to Herod saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Here's the next lesson, kind of a strange lesson. God can use evil things to save people. The wise men were into astrology charts and uh, the occult and dream. You know, uh, that's bad stuff. If you're reading your astrology chart and letting that rule your life, Put that down. Pick up your Bible. Let God lead your life through the Bible. But it does appear, with their interest in the stars and everything, God allowed something evil to bring them to Christ. <laughs> My point is, God can use anything, even sometimes an evil thing, to bring you to Christ. I was talking with a Hindu, a man who was raised Hindu. Now he's converted to Christianity. And he said to me, you know what converted me? My addiction to alcohol converted me, and I had to get help, and the thing that helped me was Christ. Maybe God used an evil thing to bring you to Christ. I still remember a, a guy I knew in high school. His name was Bill. He was a star athlete. I think he got a scholarship for track when he went away to college. When I was at college, I heard that Bill had a brain aneurysm. He almost died. Well, that, that summer, I went home and had a Bible study in my house, and my friends came to the Bible study, and the doorbell rang, and this person came into my house, and somebody whispered to me, that's Bill. And Bill, Bill was crippled, his hand was like this, his face, I mean, face was totally changed. And he sat down in our Bible study, and he said, well, this has been horrible but it brought me to Christ. And God can use all kinds of things, even astrology, which you shouldn't get into, and brain aneurysm. God can use all things to bring people to Christ. Look at verse 3. When King Herod heard this, now let me just stop here. Let me tell you what we know about King Herod from non-Christian, pagan, ancient sources. These are, this is not in the Bible, but this is what uh, ancient historians tell us about Herod. Herod killed his wife. Herod had two sons. He killed them. 
Herod had a third son. Five days after killing him, Herod himself died. So the story that we're not going to look at today, but it's in the next chapter of Matthew, of Herod killing all the babies two years and under, totally in character of what we know of Herod from the ancient non-biblical literature. Verse 3. When Herod the king heard this from the wise men, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Now this is kind of a funny verse. Here's this big scary monster of a king who's scared of a baby. <laughs> so here's the next lesson. Jesus troubles sinners. I have a friend who was sharing the gospel with a speaker from Alcoholics Anonymous. And this speaker happened not to be a Christian, but he's getting close because this woman's giving him Christian books. And, and, and he said to her, what I'm noticing now, why is it okay to talk about Gandhi and Buddha and Martin Luther King, but people don't want you talking about Jesus? Why is that, he said. <laughs> and that reminded me, I've shared this many times, of C.S. Lewis's statement. Do you want to know how to wreck a fancy dinner party? Wait until there's a lull in the conversation, bring up the name Jesus, and watch people get nervous and change the subject. <laughs> Jesus troubles sinners. I mean, we're all sinners, but there are two kinds of sinners. There are some sinners, when they hear about Jesus, they love it. And there are other sinners, when they hear about Jesus, well, could we please change the topic? <laughs> Herod was troubled by Jesus. Look at verse 4. And Herod, assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the Jewish people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Here's the next lesson. People misuse the Bible for their purposes. I mean, this is a strange verse. Herod gets the Jewish leaders and says, okay, where does the Bible say that the Christ is supposed to be born? And he's seeking that out. Why? So he can worship the Christ? No, so he can kill the Christ. <laughs> and Herod is misusing scripture for his own purposes. Some of these TV preachers drive me a little crazy. And they say things like this. If you sow a seed into our ministry, if you send us money, why, you're going to reap prosperity. You're going to be healed of your cancer. And some lady sent us $400. The next day, she got $50,000 in the mailbox. That's called misusing scripture for evil purposes. Still happens, like Herod. Verse 5, And the Jewish leaders told Herod, the Christ is to be born in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and now they quote the Old Testament, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Here's the next lesson. A circumstance can get you to seek God, but only scripture will show you where to find him. Let me repeat that. A circumstance, like the star that the, that the wise men saw, a circumstance can get you to seek God, but then you have to go to Scripture to find out where you find Him. In other words, if you seek God apart from Scripture, you're going to get lost. Um, I will tell you, please avoid the New Age section at your bookstore. They will tell you that the real Jesus Christ was a guru in India. And no, he wasn't. <laughs> or be careful of these PBS specials about the real Jesus Christ. There's so much falsehood there. No, if you want to find the real Jesus Christ, you've got to go to Scripture. You've got to read your Bible. Read the whole Gospel of Luke. That's the real Jesus Christ. So let me ask you this question. 
Are you doing that? Do you read your Bible regularly? I encourage you, when the New Year, make this your New Year's resolution. I'm going to start reading my Bible every day. You know, maybe start with Genesis 1 and go all the way through, or start with Matthew chapter 1, go all the way through the Old Testament, then the New Testament. But if you see Christ apart from Scripture, you're going to get lost. <coughs> Next verse. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star appeared. See, Herod wants to know when the, when the baby was born so you'd know how to get rid of him, how old he was. Uh, and verse 8. And Herod sent them, the wise men, to Bethlehem saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may worship him. He's lying. And after listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose before them, it went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. Here's the next lesson. God controls everything. He controls the stars. He controls the weather. He controls your cancer. He controls the, the pandemics in the world. He controls financial disaster in America. Everything is under the hand and control of God. And that's a comfort to me. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a pastor and I have visited lots of sick people and I get tired of sickness. And now that I'm older, I get it myself. <laughs> but you know the comfort is? If you're a believer in Christ, God's in control of that cancer for your good. Romans 8, 28. All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. And a prayer that I pray periodically, God, do whatever you have to to get me and my family and friends into heaven. And if that means cancer, so be it. You know, God can use all kinds of circumstances to get people to Christ. Verse 10. When they, the wise men, saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, notice they're not in the mangers now, in the barn. They're in a house, so he's probably up to two years old. Uh, they went in and they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Here's the next lesson. Jesus is to be worshipped. Other places in the Bible, somebody falls on their knees in front of St. Peter, and St. Peter says, get up, I'm just a man. But here... And elsewhere, when people worship Jesus, he accepts it. You remember Thomas rose from the dead? And, excuse me, Jesus rose from the dead. <laughs> and Thomas, when he sees it, says to Jesus, My Lord and my God. And Jesus doesn't say you made a mistake. He just says you should have believed it without seeing it. Jesus is the only man you can worship because he's the God-man. Verse 11. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now, this is iffy, what I'm going to share now, but let me go back over, if we can go back over to the three wise men. The ancient church fathers believed that the three gifts, the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh, symbolized that Jesus is God, offering, excuse me, gold, meaning that he's going to be a king. The incense, the Jews offered incense to God in the temple, that symbolizes Jesus is God. And then the myrrh, which was used for embalming purposes, symbolized that Jesus was going to die. So gold, he's the king. Frankincense, he is God. Myrrh, 
He's going to die for his people. Now, I, I say that's iffy. Of course, it all happened. It's all true. But the Bible never says that is the purpose of those gifts. So we're kind of guessing. Maybe. <laughs> Verse 13. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, the wise men departed to their own country by another way. Here's the next lesson. God overthrows evil plans. Herod has evil plans for the baby Jesus. God overthrows them. I mean, this has happened throughout history. Herod had, excuse me, Hitler had evil plans for Europe and the rest of the world. God overthrew it. Took a world war, but God overthrew it. And, the com and this happens throughout history. The comfort is, if you've got a Herod in your life who's, who's hurting you, God can overthrow that person. And even if he doesn't, and you continue to suffer, you're still okay. In, in 1500s, Martin Luther was being uh, persecuted by the Pope. And he was confronted by a cardinal who was sent to put Luther on trial. And the, the cardinal says, take back your criticisms, Luther. Luther said, what is wrong with my words? The cardinal refused to discuss matters. He said, I have not come here to argue. I, fear co I come here to command. Luther recant. Uh, and then the cardinal got even more angry. What, he cried, do you think the Pope cares for the opinions of a German peasant like you, Luther? The Pope's little finger is stronger than all of Germany. Do you expect princes to defend you? I tell you no, and then where will you be? And Luther responded, then as now, in the hands of Almighty God. <laughs> so if, you're being, if you have a Herod in your life, let God take care of you. And even if you die, You'll be taken care of. One last question for today. What made the wise men wise? They weren't wise because of how they sought Christ, because astrology is a dumb way to seek anything. Don't, don't look astrology. What made the wise men wise is because of who they sought. They didn't seek millionaires out. They didn't seek Hollywood celebrities out. They were seeking the one who can save them. What made the wise men wise in, in the midst of all their occult confusion, they were seeking the right thing. <laughs> you know, I, uh, when I was a little boy, I used to watch the Mickey Mouse Club. And the best thing about the Mickey Mouse Club was the Hardy Boys series. And the Hardy Boys series, if anybody out there is my age or older, gold doubloons and pieces of eight, was the secret of Applegate's treasure. And here this old man hid this treasure in his house somewhere, they thought. And for, the, for the, all the series, they're running around, everybody's trying to find this treasure. And you know, I, I, I saw that as a little boy. I found the DVDs. I was able to watch that series again for the first time for 45 years. Here it is again, it was fun. But you know what I thought? Wouldn't it be wonderful if people sought Jesus the way they seek gold? <laughs> you know what Colossians 2 says? God's mystery is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You know, Jesus is the true treasure. Seek him. That's what made the wise men wise. They sought the right thing. You know, there's an old saying, you will never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul. <laughs> Why seek gold? When you die, you don't take one penny with you. Seek the real treasure in life. Seek Jesus Christ. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close this sermon by challenging you to do something. Would you take out your Bible 
don't put it on the shelf. Leave it out on your bed table or your dining room table. And I want to encourage you to seek Christ. And, and, and again, I'll, I'll encourage you, make this your resolution for the next year and for the next part of your... I mean, I read my Bible every single day. My, my urging to you is seek the real treasure. Don't care too much about gold. Seek Jesus. And would you make your resolution, God, from now on, I'm going to read my Bible every day. Seeking Christ through the scriptures is what made the wise men wise. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor's study where we ask Pastor Brock questions regarding the Bible. Pastor Brock, why do we celebrate Christmas when it is based on a pagan Roman holiday? Jehovah's Witnesses and some others don't celebrate Christmas because the Romans celebrated Saturn, the god of Saturn, on I think December 25th or thereabouts. Mm -hmm. And therefore, why are you celebrating Christmas on December 25th? Well, a couple, a couple responses. Who says the devil owns December 25th? If ancient Romans wanted to worship Saturn then, why should that prevent me from worshiping Jesus on that day? Mm -hmm. And I do think it's true that the early church, to get people away from paganism, would, would pick a day and celebrate Christ's resurrection or you know Jesus' uh, birth. Well, so why, what's wrong with that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Anything to get people away from paganism is okay with me. So I celebrate Christmas on December 25th. Do you have to? Does the Bible say you have to celebrate on December 25th? No. So you're not, you're not being evil if you don't, but I'm not being evil if I do. And, and the, you know, we don't know that December 25th is the day he was born. We just don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a guess. It's probably got a 1 in 365 chance of right. being true. But that's not the point. The point is it's a time to remember Christ's birth. Okay. Yeah. What is Epiphany? Epiphany means, uh, uh, it's a, I think a Greek word meaning the appearance, the manifestation of Christ. Okay. So Christmas is when he was born. Epiphany is when he appeared to the non-Jewish world, which happened when the wise men came. That was the epiphany. Mm -hmm. When the wise men came up to two years after Christ's birth, that was the epiphany, the appearance, the manifestation of Jesus to the non-Jewish world. Hmm. Could you explain the church year? Yes. If you're a Catholic, Lutheran, Episcopalian, other denominations, you have what's called the church year. Again, you don't have to do this, but for centuries, Christians have found it helpful. You kind of relive the life of Christ every year. First of all, there's a season called Advent, which means coming. Mm -hmm. And four, four Sundays before Christmas, we think about the second coming of Christ and how he's going to come down in the clouds, raise the dead, judge the world. It's a time to repent of sin. And if you do Advent right and think on that, then you're ready to celebrate Christmas, his first coming on December 25th. And then after Christmas, you have the season of Epiphany mm -hmm. when he appears to the Gentiles, the, the three the wise men, not necessarily three, the wise men. And then eventually you'll have the season called Lent, which means spring. And that's the 40 days before Easter when we repent of our sins, we meditate on Christ's death on the cross. Then you have Good Friday when he died. Then you celebrate Easter, the day he rose from the dead. And then you have the Easter season. And then eventually you celebrate what's called Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit comes upon the disciples. They get filled with the Holy Spirit. They go preach the gospel all over the world. So you have the season of Pentecost until eventually you get back to Advent and you think about the second coming at the end of time. And you, we do that every year. Mm -hmm. Now again, you don't have to, like a lot of evangelical churches don't do that. But I like it 
Christians have done it for centuries because mm -hmm. I think we need to be reminded of every stage of Christ's life and, and apply it to ours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Is it okay to read horoscopes and use Ouija boards if you don't take it seriously? No. It's the occult. I mean, this is the kind of thing that God judged the uh, nations around Israel for doing was getting into the occult. So get rid of Ouija boards, don't go to seances, don't do horoscopes. I mean, Mona, just stay away from the occult because it, it's not from God. De it can be demonic. If you remember in the book of Acts, there was a little girl that had a demon that enabled her to tell fortunes and Paul had to cast it out. So we stay away from things like that. Even the daily horoscope that sometimes is in the paper, I would, stay I, away I, from I, it? I wouldn't read it. Unconsciously, it might influence yeah. you. You know, again, is it real? I don't know, but we stay away from that. Let the Bible influence you. Don't read your horoscope, read your Bible. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Any advice for someone who is going to start reading the Bible for the first time? You know, this is um, the ESV Study Bible. And the reason I like this Bible is because at the bottom of each page it has study notes mm -hmm. on you know, how to interpret the difficult verses. So I love having the ESV Study Bible. That translation, the English Standard Version, is also very literal. You'll get really good, exact translation of the Greek and Hebrew. So ESV Study Bible, I would start with that, yeah. Is it possible to be a Christian and a Buddhist at the same time? No, and what have I got? One minute, Will Smith, the movie star, have you heard of him? Yep. Uh, he was raised, he says he's a Christian. They asked him, are you a Scientologist? Uh, for me, I'm certain about my relationship with the model of perfection of human life that's laid out with the life of Jesus Christ. I'm certain of that. So I'm at home and not fearful when I sit in a mosque or a synagogue or a Buddhist temple the same way that I'm at home in, a, in the church of Scientology. I like anywhere people are searching for truth. I'm not bothered when someone says Allah because they're talking about God. We're talking about the same person. No, we're not. Um, you were raised Baptist, right, says the interviewer. Well, yes, my grandmother taught me to do, be a good doer in the church and that it was all about what you can do to help your community. So whatever religion does that, Jewish, Muslim, Scientology, it's good because the end result is the same. And uh, Buddhists, I mean, Hin, uh, Muslims believe Jesus is not God. Christians believe Jesus is God. They can't both be right. Mm -hmm. Somebody's right and somebody's wrong. So Jesus said, I'm the only way to heaven, John 14, 6. Yeah. We got to leave it at that and pray for the salvation of Buddhists. But don't try to be a Buddhist Christian. It doesn't work. Yeah. I think we're done. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today on the Pastor Study. God bless you. And until... We're back together again. Next time. Next time. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. If you've been blessed by the pastor's study, would you consider a tax-deductible gift to help us reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ? You can donate at our website, pastorsstudy.org, two S's, or mail a check to the pastor's study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota. 
55441. May the Lord bless you and have a wonderful week.